Hello, everybody. It's showtime. PHNX Cardinals podcast. Johnny Venerable, Bullbrock, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bullbrock live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. And uh, my man, Bullbrock, along with the uh, Arizona faithful media, got you chatted up with Jonathan Gannon today. And both, thank goodness, Mike Florio, of pro football talk wasn't there. You could ask some real questions. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to have to, what he's going to write his little Sunday article about now that we've heard from Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals coaching staff about this uh, draft class, which was indeed just like bourbon for your soul. Just listening to these guys and then break down the draft class that was universally beloved from Monty Asimfort was great. It was unbelievable to hear Nick Rallis. He went three minutes just breaking down BJ Ujolari and Garrett Williams. It was a it was a great day. You got some great insight, not only from Alice, but also from Drew Petzing and then Jonathan Gannon answering some tough questions about Isaiah Simmons. And then, of course, the tampering incident that went down uh, that he says in his timeline. And you'll hear from JG uh, immediately after the NFC Championship game. And I've got my theories on it and why it happened, but he kind of put most of it to rest. Now, it will never be to rest for the Philadelphia faithful, uh, if that's what you want to call them. The, the organization that originated putting a jail cell in their stadium because they're such hooligans, the, the stadium infamous for booing Santa Claus and beating up opposing fan bases and throwing batteries and cheering injuries, that fan base, that salty fan base will never let go. They never will, and that's unfortunate because I think – you know, what Philly is casting aside is, is their garbage. We are taking on is, is potential for a coach to stick around here in the desert. I've loved what I've heard from Jonathan Gannon from the very jump. And uh, the, the true bird gang, the bang, bang bird gang, Arizona Cardinals bird gang, hashtag bird gang, uh, are welcoming JG. And it's he's turned things around, which is great. Yep. Let's hear him talk about those tampering charges today at the uh, press conference. You know, um, uh, you know, it's a mistake that we made, and um, the league kind of rectified it, and we've moved on. But basically, after the NFC Championship game, Monty reached out and, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of said, hey, you know, congratulations. He's been to some Super Bowls and and uh, gave me a little advice about how to handle that and said, look, <coughs> like, I'm in, we're in the middle of a coaching search and don't know how the timing of this is all going to shake out, but basically would you be interested in interviewing if the timing gets pushed back till after Super Bowl? And I said, yeah, I would be. And um, then I didn't hear about it until after the, the game that we played when Howie came up and talked to me about, hey, you know, Arizona wants to interview you. So, um, you know, I, I uh, um, you know, it was a mistake that we made. And um, I apologize for that. And, um, you know, looking forward to moving on now and, and getting going. So that's kind of the story on that one. So there you go. I mean, what else are you going to get from him? Howard Balzer followed up with some details. There was a report that he had Zoomed. It wasn't a phone call. JG said no. So I tweeted that video out from, from my Twitter account, at Bo Brock, and it got picked up by some Philly fans DC oh, from really? G GB said scumbag. Go Bird says lies. One guy says, what a bitch. Hate this guy. 
you just go, it goes on. You POS F you Gannon. This is the this is the fan base we're dealing with. Yeah. I thought Howard Eskin made some great points as far as Jonathan Gannon in, in the performance. Obviously, the 24 points that uh, came in the second half from Kansas City. Uh, one, it's absurd for the Inquirer to say that Jonathan Gannon mailed it in because he right. had a contact with the Cardinals and because of this tampering that happened immediately after the NFC Championship game. That's absurd to put that in, in your article and call it reporting. And then also to just, just say all 24 points were because of Jonathan Gannon and then pointed out you know, the big punt return that puts Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes and their offense on the five-yard line and then also Darius Slay falling down. That's all on Jonathan Gannon. He mailed it in after the performance that his defense put up in the, in the first half, which was impressive against Mahomes and crew. Can I outline something, too? And I'm sure somebody else has pointed this out, but uh, Jonathan Gannon thought he was getting the Houston Texans job. He thought he was getting the Houston Texans job or at least was had a good opportunity to become the next head coach. I don't know, early in the playoffs? What happened early in the playoffs, Bo? His defense gave up seven points to the Giants, seven points to the San Francisco 49ers. But did he let the fact that he thought he was going to be the next head coach of either of that franchise get in the way of historic defensive performances? No, but no one wants to talk about that. Houston, before I think their ownership, and you guys can take to, take this to the bank, their general manager loved Jonathan Gannon, loved him, probably still loves him, right? But then D'Amico Ryans became the ultra-hot candidate. They had, they had interviewed Jonathan Gannon last offseason, Bo, before they hired Lovey Smith, and he was a finalist for the job. And what he do, he only doubled down on his, his candidacy this year, 70 sacks, 18, 19 interceptions for Philly's defense. Um, Nick Casario wanted Jonathan Gannon. And then the D'Amico Ryans thing happened and exploded. I, In my opinion, I think ownership got involved, Bo, and said, no, we need to go after D'Amico. And that's fine. D'Amico's a great candidate. But I think it's bullshit if you're the media or if in Philadelphia or you're the fan base of Philadelphia, like they knew they had a good chance to lose Jonathan Gannon to Houston early on. And he went out and he kicked ass and took names in the NFC playoffs. Then I don't know. Then he faced maybe the greatest quarterback of all time statistically or one of the best we've ever seen in the Super Bowl, and they got beat. Now, he'd probably redo some things there. had nothing to do with the fact that the Arizona Cardinals showed interest, and he had a 10-minute phone call with Monty Austin Ford. It's really unfortunate. And, like, I don't dislike Nick Sirianni. I'm disappointed, though, the ownership and the group that, I mean, Gannon was beloved in Philadelphia up until this point. And I, I haven't seen Sirianni or anybody come out of the woodwork and just say, cut this shit out. We lost as a team. It had yeah. nothing to do with this bullshit. Like, can we move on from this garbage where we're just throwing John? Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't think, I know everybody's raving about the Eagles draft picks, and that's great. If you don't think the Eagles are going to feel the effects of losing their OC, their DC, and the DC heir apparent in Nick Rallis, you're out of your mind. Uh, they're the easiest team to hedge to take a step back. And then what are they going to do? They can't blame Jonathan Gannon anymore. Right, right. They'll find somebody else to scapegoat. Sure. No doubt about it. I mean, they, they always do. Uh, I mean, they, they ran after like the, the, the Super Bowl performance from McNabb and, and Terrell Owens. A lot of people rallied behind T.O. Yeah. And, and McNabb, who transformed that that organization from a bottom feeder with, with Andy Reid to, to 
almost a mainstay in the NFC Championship game and having yeah. a tough time, of course, breaking through that ceiling. But but they did and lost to Bill Belichick's Patriots team. No, I mean, Sirianni, I did see a couple of clips of him during last season push back at the media that would take shots at Jonathan Gannon in that defense that was racking up nearly historic numbers, 70 sacks from their pass rush last year. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, and, and you talk to Gannon. I mean, I think sometimes when you give a lot of people information, especially in that market, they'll spin it to to fit whatever, whatever they, want. they want. And it's unfortunate. I mean, when somebody is is it's refreshing here because the previous regime and coaching staff give us nothing. Right. And right. then when I asked a question to Jonathan Ganner, any of his, his coordinators, whether it was Petsing today or Rollis, they gave us the answer and how they came to that answer. And it, there's a lot of substance there and there's a lot of meat on that bone that you can then relay to the fan base and fan base will know why they're doing certain things, why they're playing a person or why they're not playing a person or why they're playing a person in a certain situation. So it's really refreshing, and it's Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals fan base and the organization's gain. And if they, if they want to remember this, if they want to try to scapegoat Jonathan Gannon, that's on them. They've they've also done a lot of other awful things in their in their history to some some really important and impressive people throughout that organization. And I don't want to belittle like big media markets like Chicago or Philadelphia or New York. Yeah. Jonathan Gannon may just be very well served to be a better fit with Arizona sure. long term, both on and off the field, right? Like you have to have a very specific, I'm not saying Gannon is not tough enough to handle it. He has, and he, and he did. And it surely we we've heard like his family's taken the brunt of it off the field, which is really unfortunate, but like you can come here as Bruce Arians and kick ass and take names and, and you'll be beloved. And I think yeah. Gannon sees it as an opportunity where it's like, if Andy Reid got run out of town and how, and Doug Peterson got run out of town. It's like the, the shelf life there, similar in New York, it's, 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 it's short, right? Whereas you can come win in here and you have, you be competent. And I know that's the low bar these days, be competent, be competitive. Like the fan base will fall in love with you and you will get the benefit of the doubt. I mean, hell Cliff Kingsbury had one winning season in four years. And there was a, a segment part of the fan base, not a ton, but a segment part of the fan base that said, you got to give him another shot. Keep him around. I mean, can yeah. you imagine if Jonathan Gannon gets this team back to respectability? He'll be a made man here. And the only reason Bruce Arians wasn't destined to stay here longer is because how old he was. I, I think the, the Philadelphia Eagles ownership was caught off guard because they dicked around and they let all of their good people be taken by other franchises. Right. And that's that's the welcome to the NFL. You get I've, to the I've Super got a, Bowl. I've got well, a weird theory and I want to get into it, but I also want, you know, okay. as far as... The, the Eagles organization, their fan base, a guy over the weekend who <laughs> there was a stupid report. Schrager uh, put this one out there on his Twitter account saying that yeah. rival executives were fed up with all the nice things that were being said about Howie Roseman over the weekend because nobody was saying a bad thing about it. like every single pick he was he was making was unbelievable. Yeah. He was like the the he's he's like the elite GM right now, and and rival execs were were are fed up with it, and it's like twenty twenty one, or go to the draft where he took Jalen Hurts in the second round, and look at the receipts from the Philadelphia fan base. They wanted Howie Roseman out before he drafted Devontae Smith at the wide receiver position because he had struggled so long. He just missed like they, Steve they Kime. Justin Jefferson, yeah. 
he had, I think, I think Sirianni was his third or fourth coach that he'd hired. So he's been through the ringer. He's survived and he's come out the other end. I mean, unbelievably well. I mean, Philly, I, I, you can't deny that they're a well-oiled machine. But the fact, like, this is a fan base that will turn great on you at the drop of a hat. They have great ownership. Jeff Lee Laurie's an elite owner. He's a top five owner in, in the NFL, in my opinion. And they they were prepared, I think, to lose Shane Steichen. But when Houston, they were in the clear with Houston, I think they thought they were going to keep Jonathan Gannon. And then Gannon goes. And then instead, like, they offered Jonathan Gannon reportedly more money than the Cardinals did to stay as D.C. I can't confirm that. But Nick Rallis willingly left Philadelphia and said, I'm not going to be the heir apparent to Jonathan Gannon. I'm going to come to Arizona with Jonathan Gannon. You don't think that pissed off everybody in Philadelphia, that ownership? You know, I would not be surprised if that happened and they were like, we need to save face here. Let's do some. Let's dig. Let's get whatever we can and try to bitch and moan to the NFL. I'm not saying that that's what went down, but yeah. I mean it, that when Nick Rallis left Philadelphia with a tailor-made defense and just pick up the baton from Gannon and instead said, "No, I'm going to come to Arizona. I want to. I want to continue working and being led by this man." And that, that that's tough for them to swallow. So they have to complain. Um, and I again, I don't know if Jonathan Gannon is going to be a good head coach. What I do know is what this entire saga with Philadelphia is grossly overplayed and they're going to find out quick what life is like without Jonathan Gannon on their coaching staff. I mean, their defense last year was elite. It was yeah. elite in every sense. And it wasn't just because of the players. And now they've got all the, these new shiny new toys from Georgia. I mean, good luck to their DC that he's going to need it. No doubt about it. Uh, we got some update. Oh, so here's my theory. Okay. As far as the time frame of how this went down, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, they fired Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. And according to Michael Bidwell, Steven, Steve Keim resigned the previous week. Okay. They started their GM search basically Black Monday. Yep. They offer the job to Ian Cunningham. He declines. The job goes to Monty Austinfort. Yep. Monty Austinfort takes over the reins. He's introduced Monday or Tuesday, a Tuesday. week after Black Monday. Yeah. So that's you're already into the NFL playoffs, right? The playoffs have already begun. You need to start setting up interviews. Gannon, as you mentioned, it, it was it felt like he was a shoe in for Houston. He interviewed there. Uh, you start the Monty starts to line up interviews with for himself and the Cardinals. He starts talking to Vance Joseph. He talks to uh, the the DC from from Li the Lions, um, and, and they start to knock those out of the way. And then it gets to it due to the NFL rules and regulations that they couldn't find a, a, a time that worked for Monty Osford and Jonathan Gannon to get on the same schedule. And well, then it becomes you can't have a, a, an interview if it isn't the second interview by the time that they spoke post-NFC Championship game. Here's, here's my thought. They, okay. I, I think that Monty Osford said, you know what? We, we, we've got to continue this process. we got to get a little bit further along in this process. I've identified Jonathan Gannon as somebody I wanted to talk to. I might get in trouble for it, but I'm willing to pay the consequences just to have a conversation to see if there's mutual interest and that this is not something I'm wasting my time and holding off until after the Super Bowl to pursue. A hundred percent. And if that's the case, it's worth 28 spots in the third round, especially when you saw what Austin Ford was able to accumulate next year. I, I, I think fans have moved on from that. Their one mistake, and you know where I'm going with this, is they screwed around that first week with their with their coaching interviews. I'm sorry. Like 
I, I know you wanted to save face and give Vance Joseph, you know, a nice parting gift and meet with him. Vance Joseph should not have been prioritized with one of your first, you know, interviews. Uh, Frank Wright should not have been prioritized with one of your first interviews. If you loved Jonathan Gannon, he was on a short list, like reach out and get him on the schedule so that you could plan accordingly. The Eagles, Bo, were the number one seat for a reason. Most people thought with their first round bye, they were going to have an opportunity to at least get to the NFC title game to host the NFC title game. So that's where I'll put ownership on Monty Austin Ford because uh, let's be real. Like he's influenced by Michael Bidwell. Like, hey, give Vance an interview. Let's let's carve out the entire Wednesday after your presser for Vance Joseph. Unacceptable and likely cost him because we've had Benjamin Albright on this show that week and he was the only person that reported that they want to interview and they've requested to talk to Jonathan Gannon. And then time was up, just like time was up with D'Amico Ryans. They were scrambling at the end of that first week. I bet if they could redo that, they wouldn't dick around with, let's call them a bunch of these C-tier coaching candidates, and it would have been Gannon, and it would have been D'Amico, and it would have been Dan Quinn. You just get you get busy working because you know what? You could interview Vance Joseph five days later, ten days later. He's not getting picked up. Just right. say, hey, Vance, we'll be in touch. Don't prioritize guys without options. Work your way down. That's where they screwed up. See his sheer in the comments, in the chat, uh, and everybody's crushing the chat. Uh, a little bit, actually, the one up there uh, about Simmons. We're going to get into Simmons. JG uh, said he's had some productive conversations with Simmons. We'll get more into Isaiah Simmons and more of the takeaways from today. Pickens yeah. Press, yeah, the, the DC from Detroit, Aaron Glenn, absolutely uh simplicity saying i still can't get over the subpar gannon hire i disagree i think that gannon has been a breath of fresh air as far as the arizona cardinals and the head coaching position i you know to johnny's point we don't know what type of player he's going to be on the field but he seems like he's equipped uh to do that be that ceo uh be involved in the entire process instead of just the defensive side of the process but He's he's got his his hands all over this thing, and the Cardinals organization is is trending in in the right direction for the first time in a long time. So, yeah. uh, you know, I I disagree with that, but you know, it's it's tough. I mean, the last performance that people saw from Gannon in in his defense was was tough, and and it and it you know to to go in with a lead and then lose the lead, it, it's rough for any fan base, and for that our last glimpse to be that, you know, it, it's tough to kind of wash that from our eyes, uh, and, and it's gonna look. The first year for the Arizona Cardinals couldn't be anything special either. I mean, we've had this conversation where Gannon kind of became the sacrificial lamb his first year in Philadelphia in 2021 and said, put the pressure, I'll I'll take the heat for my defense underperforming and maybe not having enough talent to compete, but let's just get the one part of our team at this level, work on that, and then the next year the defense will uh, look a little bit what I want it to look like We'll get some ballers in there like Hassan Reddick, and next thing you know, they're flourishing. So Jonathan Gannon, I think, is willing to 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 make some tough decisions, take some heat on himself, and and wear it for for a year. And if the Cardinals, you know, are ahead of schedule and, and, and shock some people with some wins, good. But I, I think that this year is is something is is they continue something that he's gonna cringe when you hear it is rebuilding and realistically they're rebuilding. You know, and then they can see if they drafted and developed anybody, get their franchise quarterback on track, and then see what that 2024 class uh, kind of yields to them because they're going to have a ton of picks wherever they might be in that first round, third, second round, third round, all the way through the draft. Right now, they're they're set up for 11 picks as it stands. 
Yeah, you cringe with when you hear rebuild. I cringe when I hear uh, Phoenix Suns down 0-2 Oof. to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, it's rough right now, but uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel. You get on BetMGM right now, the BetMGM Sportsbook app. You can you can wager series prediction wins for the Phoenix Suns. So you can either you can predict they're going to win four straight, which is aggressive, but I like it at plus nine hundred. Or if you think they're going to win the series at four to three, give one more to the Nuggets, and then they're going to win out and win four. Uh, that's plus six hundred with our friends at BetMGM. I can't decide which one I'm going to take. I'm I'm leaning plus six hundred. Phoenix Suns win the series four to three. If you want to tap in. To any of that action at BetMGM, it's super simple. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app and use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you're going to get up to 100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. And again, check out the show notes for details. Listen to my guy, Shane Diefenbach, talk about it in the disclaimer. Claimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. He's the voice of an angel. He does Shane Diefenbach. Do we see this around draft time? A video surfaced of a, a man that looked a lot like Cardinals head coaching candidate throughout this offseason, Sean Payton, taking a bong rip. Did we see that? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not it was Payton, it was somebody that hasn't learned that there's an easier way to consume your cannabis these days. You don't have to go find a bong uh, create a gravity bong or use an apple for yeah. whatever reason. You don't have to do that any longer. You can go to our friends over at OG's, Arizona's Cannabis Kitchen, and they're sure. cooking up cannabis the right way. And they're doing it just as much pride as you would take in Four Peaks with your beer. You take it, they take it with cannabis, and they're truly making experiences and weaving it into the fabric of your PHNX, your Phoenix, Arizona living culture. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable flavors that you can get behind they've got their strawberries and cream which are elite that's your happy balance gummy that they have they have the sativas they have the indicas you can't go wrong with ogs you everybody in their life knows somebody that could use some ogs you see them firing up the old bong these days say hey there's an easy way to do that here's a package of ogs just enjoy these delicious cannabis gummies that we have from our friends check out their full product long line they're they're tropical flavors. They even have a sleep time gummy. You need some help getting to sleep, staying asleep. Well, check out their Aquaberry flavored sleep time gummy. It's elite. Check it out right now. OGsbrands.com. Follow them on social at OGsbrands. And you can find them at your local dispensary, even if you're way out there in the boonies like Johnny in Maricopa. They have dispensaries that has OGs. Got to be 21 years or older. Enjoy. This is an interesting note. I didn't see this on uh, Twitter today. Tyler Drake just put this out there. And Bo, you probably heard this at the presser. Interesting nugget from Jonathan Gannon on the team center situation. Yelta Froholds has been manning center for the last few weeks, if that gets you going. But then Gannon added that John Gaines and other free agents could factor in as well. So that's interesting. Plays a little bit into what we talked about 
uh, with Gaines, positional versatility. And speaking with of versatility, not sure if you guys know this, the Cardinals, they've been known to draft some versatile players under Steve Kime, and two of them play linebacker. And, uh, Bo, you got a chance to ask about said players today, beginning with Isaiah Simmons, who did not have his fifth-year option picked up. He did not. That was the breaking news yesterday. That's something that my co-host has been maintaining this entire offseason, that he was – he did not expect Isaiah Simmons to have his fifth-year option picked up. And the, it's not a reason. It's not a knock on Isaiah Simmons, the player himself, but mainly what position this organization values. And he's yeah. kind of a carryover from the previous regime. Um, you know, Johnny will say some colorful things, probably uh, not nice about Simmons. But uh-huh. it comes down to Monty Awesomefort doesn't want to invest the $12.5 million in Isaiah Simmons at the – off-ball linebacker position. It's just not something they're going to spend on that much money or a first-round draft pick on going forward. It just doesn't seem like it's in the cards. So with that, you had kind of a polarizing move to decline the option, even though somebody uh, correctly pointed out, like any of the off-ball linebackers in that first round, none of them had their their fifth option picked up. It's just not something that's prioritized. It's not a premium position. So to have to pick up the tab on $12.5 million plus, it just doesn't make good NFL business sense. So with that, less than 24 hours after the news broke, we talked to JG and got an update on where he and Simmons and, and where Simmons is with the Cardinals organization after that went down. Yeah, I had a really good talk with Isaiah. You know, obviously talked to Isaiah a lot. Um, really comfortable with where we're at with him. Um, he's very comfortable with it. And, um, you know, the option or whatever, you know, it really doesn't change. That's why I love where I'm, what I say I'm really comfortable where we're at is and comfortable where he's at is. It doesn't change how he goes about what he's doing. And um, he knows he has to play well for us and for him. And that's like everybody. So I uh, really like where his mindset's at and, and excited to get to work with him. What position is he going to play, though? Did anybody ask that? He did. He did. And, um, you know, he he didn't kind of give away where he was going to utilize Isaiah Simmons. He says he's got something in mind. Coaching staff is excited about it, but they want to see how it plays out when Simmons hits the grass. Okay, so that's a concern because here's what I'm going to say. I don't think he's going to play linebacker, right? I, and I And the Cardinals already have two starting safeties. So it's like, is he going to be the third safety? Is he going to play pass rusher? Are you going to move he and Zayvon Collins, which we're going to talk about, to pass rusher? To me, it's like if it was clear what he was going to play and if it was a position that was open, why not just say it? But now I I feel like we're trending toward not Isaiah Simmons remaining a gimmicky player. I don't know if he's going to be a starter, an every down player or base starter for this team this year. Yeah, I don't well, know. I don't fair. know where I mean, that is. I don't know where that goes- is. When you start to look at their, their base defense at yeah. four three, yeah, um, you know, we you start to look at the edges. Like, could could Zavin be a player to to be a four three edge? Probably more of a chance than a guy like Simmons, just because well, like you got Cameron a, Thomas and and Maje yeah, Sanders, and yeah, BJ, and of course BJ Ujulari. Um, you you got the two guys up front, probably like a Rashard Lawrence, uh, Carlos Watkins, Jonathan Ledbetter. And then you look at your linebackers, you've got, because you're white, you can put him in there in the starting linebackers. We'll see what they want to do going forward with Zavin. But all last week, he practiced with the pass rushers. Uh, We'll see if they want him to be kind of an off-ball guy or not. Uh, And then Simmons, 
you know, does he become a sub package guy where he's, I don't know, is, is he, is he play the DB's role? Does he, does he an extra linebacker hybrid? Yeah. I'm not sure. I, it's, feels it's a lot real like, cloudy, but yeah. there, there's also, there's also a reality where he could be a starter and, and he, you know, it, it does benefit both sides to where he's getting significant snaps in a contract year and, they have a, a clear plan of where he's going to be, but it, it as much as Cardinals fans wanted uh, clarity on their two first round picks and back to back drafts in 2020 and 2021 with Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, you're not getting it with this organization. Now, do you get maybe uh, I, I guess comfort that you know Rollis and Gannon know how to. I guess effectively yeah, tell these so. guys what they are going to do and, and where they need to be and, and be able to deploy it a lot better than a Vance Joseph. We think we don't know that, right? We we'd like to assume so, but so, they are still being approached because of their versatility. So TJ Edwards was the middle linebacker in Philadelphia. Yeah. So they ran a four three. Kazir White played outside linebacker. He played Will or Sam. So my guess is he's going to play that same role here. I don't think they're going to move Kazir White to middle linebacker. So typically, that middle linebacker is going to call the defense. Now, there could be extenuating circumstances. Maybe you have a safety call the defense. But typically, you want your linebacker to call the defense, the guy who's navigating the middle of the field. That position, by and large, is still up for grabs. Now, I don't think Isaiah Simmons is going to call that the call the defense. But it's just it's interesting because they have – what I think are sure entities in the secondary. They've got Buddha and Jalen. All the corners know their role, right? I don't think you want to just thrust Isaiah Simmons in that group for the sake of doing it. I do think, Bo, of any position on the field, I'm not a, I'm not a buyer that he's a true edge rusher. I think he can rush the passer from the inside of the line of scrimmage, from the inside of the offensive line, bending outside against big tackles. I think he'd get eaten alive. I think do I think Zavin's got a better chance, to your point. If, if, if any position is going to work, it's going to be off ball, 4-3 outside linebacker. It's that opposite outside linebacker role to Kazir White. I, I, the Will? Yeah. If Kazir White's playing Sam, Isaiah should play Will. But again, who's who's in between those guys calling the defense? Is it Josh Woods that we've had on this podcast? Is it somebody else? Is it this kid out of Auburn? That'd be a lofty proposition. I wouldn't hate it, though. Is it Zayvon Collins? Well, but why wouldn't if you're if Zayvon Collins is calling your defense and you're and he's the captain of your defense, Carlos Dansby style, like wouldn't you think the very first time you get on the field, it's like, all right, we got to cram it, Zayvon. We got to. Yeah, get I, I don't know if he's. I don't think he's the green dot. I don't think that. But is is he positionally there? I, I, I mean, it, it probably serves your defense better that that is the same guy. Uh, it, it really is shocking. And and then as far as you mentioned in Papo, that was somebody that. Gannon said today that he was shocked that he was available when it, when it came he's to gonna, he's going to play defensive snaps. Anybody who doesn't think that kid's going to be on the field by Halloween or November for this team, he Gannon, they love that kind of player. That kind of player who's undervalued that's played big time college football. It's everything that your philosophy of drafting linebackers should be. Ass kicker knows the position, played the position, big time college football program in Auburn SEC. Cheap, really cheap, like four years, and then you could rotate if you wanted to. 
undrafted. They und Kazir White was un TJ Edwards. They were undrafted late rounders, and they were stars in the postseason. They were stars on that defense for Gannon. The the makeup, the DNA is there. So I just it does feel like, and we'll talk about Zavin here in a second, Bo. But it, it feels like we're treading water with the final two first round picks from Steve Kime. Just like, can we make can we make something out of this, or is it just Let's get production. Let's get a comp pick. As I sad feel, as that is. I really feel like that with, with Simmons, that fits. But I do get the sense that they're very impressed with Zayvon Collins' ability to to pick up what they're throwing at him and, and really apply it to what they're doing drill-wise. I know it's it's a big difference between practice and the, and the game. And the biggest issue we've seen with Zayvon probably is his uh, – you know, where he just needs to go react and, and maybe he's thinking about it too much between his ears, but they really have, have in, they really like what they can toss Zavin's way and, and he, whether it's him playing edge, whether it's him playing, you know, linebacker, dropping in the coverage, rushing okay. the passer. It's, it's, uh, they, they think that he's been picking it up really quickly. So that's encouraging. Yeah. I, I he's I got think the I luxury of more time. It's not a ton of time because, as we kind of pointed out when I put you on the spot, it's like you pick up. His, are you picking up Zavin's fifth year option at the same say. deadline in twenty twenty four? It's it's tough, and I'd say that the the odds are stacked against him just given yeah. what his his true position is. Yeah, he could be a great linebacker in the scheme, but Gannon and company could say, "Well, we make linebackers on anybody. Why are we going to pay somebody big time money to play linebacker for us?" Translation: You're not going to do that. So maybe they're like Zavin in an effort to try to manage this thing. Let's try to diversify your your portfolio a little bit. Let's get you more meaningful snaps at positions that we value, like edge yeah. rusher, right? Especially when that Roombo. I mean, we like the young guys that they have, but nobody's proven yet. So right. my biggest concern, though, is like you know calling the defense, consistency with the defense. But if Gannon is comfortable with interchangeable fronts, then I'm comfortable with it too. I I just I don't think the Cardinals defense and here's what I'll give Zavin and Isaiah love is like, they're not talented enough not to have those guys on defense for them. Sure. You're just, they're just not like, I don't, if, even if they don't fit a role, Gannon talked about it at nauseum after he was hired. He's like, I'll make roles for these guys. I'll get them on the field and, and they, you know, highlight what they do well instead of mitigating what they can't do. Or Vance Joseph was the king of that. It's like, well, you can't do what I want you to do. So you're not going to play. Yeah. And that was a problem. That's the anti-Gannon. Gannon then or Monty then lighted up this offseason and like going and, and filling needs with you know top talent that was available and there wasn't Jordan a ton Hicks of top talent and, right and Ben but, Neiman we weren't doing that right I, I think that this is where he did very well is that he potentially put this defense in a position to where you've got Kaiser White playing the, the off ball linebacker spot one of them right and then you've got corners you've got guys that have played snaps at the NFL level at the corner position. You got your Rashad Fenton, you got Marco Wilson, you've got Antonio Hamilton on your roster, and you're not going to have to, you know, put on the shoulders for Isaiah Simmons to go out there and play heavy snaps at slot corner. Instead, you've got guys who have played at this level, at the NFL level, and done okay. And then you can throw in Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons and the opposing offense not know where they're going to go. And you don't have to worry about those other guys. Right, because, to your point about Ben Neiman or uh, Tanner Vallejo, it, it that guys are going to be overmatched just athletically and physically, to where you might be able to take advantage of their 
their versatility. Yeah, I hope so. And I again, this is Gannon's specialty, back seven defenders. I mean, I, I think he knows defense in general, but he was a safety. He's molded ex-safeties into linebackers. I'm bullish on what he can do, and I, I, I'll i go along for the ride this year. If it's the last ride with Simmons, which I think it will be, or Zavin. You know, Zavin does all the right stuff, though. He's at every practice. He's an ambassador for the team. Like, I do think he's ingratiated himself better than Isaiah Simmons. I think Simmons, and I hate using this term like Devin mentality, but like, if I'm Isaiah Simmons, like, I, I maybe he's not healthy right now. Like, beat everything. Go and be around your teammates. You know, I he wasn't at the uniform unveiling. We don't know the rationale for that, right? And I just, to me, I think the the likability is is more so with somebody like Zayvon Collins. You saw him with J.J. Watt. I don't know how Isaiah Simmons is with his teammates. I'm sure he's well-liked. I, th- I think this is like, this goes into the old, like the the famous Mike Tyson quote, like everybody has a game plan until you get punched in the mouth. And I think like taking away Isaiah Simmons' money, messing with his money, his financials and taking away twelve and a half million dollars that no doubt it should have been a layup to get right, uh, but you know despite the the previous coaching staff and dysfunction within the front office and other variables that go into that and what you know the new front office values and what it doesn't, uh, it, it's a wake up call to say, you know you you likely don't have a future here, but your NFL future, you have to play for it this year. You have you like your destiny is controlled by how well you play this season. And that's got to be a motivate. That has to be a big motivating factor. Otherwise, you know, you, you better start making plans for after football. Yeah. He may not have a future here, but I have a future with our friends at circle K and I, and by future, I mean, yesterday, today, tomorrow, every day with snack our friends future. at circle K. Yeah. yeah. I have a snack time future. Uh, <laughs> I, I circle K run future after this pod's over. Super excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. Check out your local Circle K. Best coffee, beer, snack selection, premium gas at not a premium price. Circle K, at least here in the Copa, cheapest gas in town, cleanest restrooms. And I know people are like, cleanest restrooms? Come on, Johnny. Listen, when you're a parent of two, you're on the run. You got to bring the kids in for a potty break. You got to go in, load up on snacks. You don't want to go in someplace that you know, let's say you need a hazmat suit to walk around in. That's not Circle <laughs> K, right? Polar pops, they stay cold. You longer. get the bathroom key and it's got a big hubcap chain to yeah, it. Yeah. It's That's got a big a piece place. of wood, right? Circle <laughs> K is like uh, your your family at Circle K. They're part of our PHNX Cardinal family. Ice coffees, $1.89. I'm always surprised how cheap everything I buy from Circle K is. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff right now, including this. Text PHNX. 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club. Let's go. Get a buy one. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've been part of their club for a while. Get a buy one, get one free on all 32 ounce polar pops. Head to circlek.com slash store locator. That's circlek.com slash store locator to find a circle K nearest to you, Bo. What's better than going and getting a polar pop? You brave the 100-degree heat, and then you plop down on your nice couch from more furniture, pop on a game. That's an elite afternoon right there. You you can't get better than that. More furniture is going to do what Circle K does to snacking, to getting furniture and furnishing your house. I mean, you go there. They've got limited time door busters right now. They've got the 50% off, up to 50% off Memorial Day sale. It's coming down the pike here. 
Check everything out at morefurniture.com. Get some stuff for your living room, your dining room, your kids' rooms, your office, your entertainment centers. They've got mattresses, everything that you need to get your place, your apartment, your condo, your house dialed in with the best looking furniture and most comfortable furniture. Morefurniture.com. Save best on the great furniture in the valley with more furniture and take advantage of the white glove delivery. It's unreal. Morefurniture.com. Yeah, more furniture getting A's across the board. Similar to the Arizona Cardinals in their 2023 draft grades, Bo. Social media coordinator, director, Michaela, put together this this fun graphic for us, kind of breaking down all of the draft grades Ooh. for the Arizona Cardinals. Bleacher Report, A, ESPN, Kuiper. I have no a. idea what this is. This doesn't look familiar to me. A minus NFL.com, <laughs> A, New York Post, A minus PFF, A plus. Hell yeah. The Ringer, B plus. I'm going to skip over one for now. SI, B minus. We know Albert Brewer's probably pissed off about the Diop trade, not going down. <laughs> USA Today, A minus. Um, Washington Post, B plus. Um, then there's um, Sporting News. Um, Sporting News, according to Nightingale Sunset, wants the D, where they're, they're giving the D to the Arizona Cardinals in terms of a D grade. Bull Brock, I saw this today, and I'm going to be frank with everybody. My immediate reaction, with all due respect, was I I did not know sporting sporting news was still around. I grew up in um, Central Illinois. Mm-hmm. My dad every week got a sporting news magazine, and it had like 20 pages. It was like paper mache. We got that every single week, or maybe it was bi monthly. So yeah. fixture in our house. So this cuts deep sporting news. And then I looked at the, the author of this uh, article. <laughs> God love him. He follows me on Twitter. So maybe he, does, he, really. he, he hates my take so much that he gave this franchise a D in their NFL draft. Bob it's, it's an unbelievable picture that you painted. Like of you, you coming in, the kids bullying you at the school and you're going to your dad for advice. Why am I getting he's, bullied? He's, he's got a corn cob pipe. And he says, come on, son. He puts down his old sporting news paper. Sporting news, East Bay magazine with all the shoes, <laughs> yeah. right? My dad coached high school football. We had all the magazines, yeah. right? Sporting come on, son. What's bothering you? What are you so troubled about? <laughs> They're picking on me, daddy. No, it's it's unbelievable. I think we found out, though. So is let me see if this matches up. So you follow the, the writer I, on he Twitter. He follows me. you. Yeah, yeah. I think we've unmasked the writer of this article who gave okay, the Cardinals a D. Look oh, at it. No. It's Steve Kime, that rascal. Oh, that bastard. <laughs> you rat bastard. <laughs> Steve Kime. We knew it not, all along. Not enough linebackers, <laughs> Cardinals. It's like, absurd, you know, though. Okay, so I was looking at it. So I, I like you. I thought that that the sporting news was has been again, six that's feet no under disrespect. for years. Yeah. And, uh, but then I looked at, looked it up. They actually have a fully operational website. It's great. Nice. They've got articles and everything. So I looked into the, the draft rankings and this was the analysis okay. from the writer okay. and, and why he gave the Cardinals a D the analysis with the Cardinals went into trade down mode to stockpile for new coach, Jonathan Gannon, new GM money Osport. But this is a very underwhelming outside of Ojalari and Williams including a bit of a forced luxury pick in Johnson, prompted by Kyler Murray. Oh, Wilson, Gaines, and Toon were shaky selections in the middle with mild rebound with Papo and Clark. This guy had the um, had the Lions sixth. He had the Lions just barf-inducing draft class of a running back in, in the top 10, the second running back off the board, 
I'm sorry, at 12, and then a middle an off ball linebacker at 18 with Christian Gonzalez on the board. He had it sixth. I and Hooker couldn't fix that draft class and make it a top 10 draft class ever. This guy had him sixth. Agent 47 is right. K1 hater over here. He saw the clip yeah. of Kyler Murray winning Paris Johnson Jr. He thinks that Monty Osenford drafted Paris Johnson Jr. because Kyler Murray told him and then and then said a left tackle when you don't have a left tackle of note under 30 that's not broken down because he's had a bunch of NFL snaps. A luxury and, pick. And you take a luxury left tackle out of Ohio State. No, no, no. A luxury pick is an off-ball linebacker, tweener star linebacker out of Clemson after you, in 2019 you were under 500. That's a luxury pick. Paris Johnson Jr. is a cornerstone building block left tackle. And, oh, by the way, you heisted the Houston Texans for their one next year. Everybody and their mother has the Cardinals and the Houston Texans, Texans finishing 1-2 in the NFL next year. Heist. It's a heist, but it's also a luxury. That, that That's a hot take. You know, to each their own. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion no. as wrong as it is. No, it, that is a horrible take. And just like the sporting news, as far as this guy and how he builds rosters, it's from like 1995. <laughs> Running back, linebacker in pullback. the first round. He has the Lions sixth. And he's underwhelmed by the Cardinals. And let's take inventory again of what he said about the Cardinals. He said it was a luxury pick at tackle, a premium position in the first round. He liked Ojolari second, and he also liked Garrett Williams third. So he liked one, two, and three, even though he called Paris Johnson a luxury. And then he thought that they missed on Wilson, and they missed on Gaines, and they missed on Toon. But mm -hmm. then he kind of thought they had decent picks at the back end. So... I mean, he likes five or six of their nine picks, and he's underwhelmed. It doesn't add up. You get the I, maybe he's not including the future ones and threes as a part of like his analysis, and he's just going off of the players. Like we've outlined this for months, there are about ten to fifteen first round caliber players in this draft. Paris Johnson Jr. was definitively the best tackle in this draft, and the Cardinals got him with a future one, and they were picking third, and they. They didn't have a trade partner that wanted to come up for a quarterback, and they still made it work. It's unbelievable. But we can we can take solace one more time, Emma. Let's see that graphic. Let's bask in the glory, oh. sporting news aside, from all the A's, a report card that I never had, A's <laughs> and a couple high-ranking B's, Monty Ford making yeah. his mark, building the Arizona Cardinals, rightfully so, through the NFL draft. Sustainability and success, Bo, coming the Cardinals' way. Oh, it certainly feels like it. More drafts like this, uh, I think it's just going to translate to sustainable future, sustainable success. It is. I too have not seen a report cut like that. I've seen a lot of D's. I have. I've seen. I my report cards rival the Arizona Cardinals team report cards from the NFL PA <laughs> more so. I didn't know F minus existed, but yeah. Uh, I mean, Monty Osmond He's the old madman. If if he didn't ever if he ever thought about sporting news like many of us hadn't in a long time that he might complain about a d because it's messing up his draft grades but just a, an overwhelming consensus success for Monty awesome for and you know to a lot of people's points in the chat Steve Kime never put forth a, a draft like this I mean 
you have to think back. Was it the Marcus Golden draft where he had maybe three picks that were contributors? And it may be the, the Kyler draft where he goes Kyler, Byron Murphy, and Zach Allen. But outside of that, it was few and far between. Yeah, he with Arians, he was always good for like one player to come out of the draft class and produce. Then when Bruce Arians left, it was like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And um, yeah, he just he was not aces, unlike our friends at Pins and Aces. Ooh. Again, Pins and Aces right now, the premium official golf apparel partner of All City and PHNX. Check out Big Drive Energy wherever you get your podcast. They love rocking Pins and Aces gear, as do we. Family owned golf and apparel business. Love our Pins and Aces gear. Tons of compliments consistently when I wear and rock my tee. Right now, you can check out their golf apparel. At their website, pinsandaces.com. Use that promo code PHNX. Get this, 15% off your first order. I just checked my email today. They just got a restock on a bunch of premium items, including a ton of fun polos. Check them out, pinsandaces.com. 15% off your first order with the, the promo code PHNX. And if you click on the links in the show note, we've got our Keeping It 100 Golf Tournament at our place, Dobson Ranch in Mesa, on May 26, free pins and aces collaboration polo when you sign up. Again, sign up right now. There's going to be prizes, food, tons of vendors. It's a great time. Sign up now in the show links, Bo. It was, uh, we can keep, let's keep that pins and aces up real quick because I got a little golf story, kind of a golf story. So I'm sitting okay. down and Gannon enters the press conference room and he mm. says, Hey, Bo, like, how was your weekend? You, you go golfing? Wow. And I said, no, I wish. And I don't know why he thought I was a big golf guy. Maybe it's because I'm wearing pins and aces. Did you go golfing? No, I actually covered your draft, Mr. Yeah, Murphy. actually, I was I was, I was talking, working I think, double-digit hours about the sweet, sweet draft that you and Monty Austinfort put forth. We did not take the weekend off, Jonathan Gannon. But no, we didn't. No, that, that keeping it in 100 uh, uh, golf events is going to be unbelievable. It will be. We got so many fun events coming up. We didn't even mention watch-along parties. Listen, we need more watch-along parties for the Phoenix Suns. That would mean that they advance in the NBA playoffs. Check that out at BetMGM Sportsbook. Also, check out gophnx.com. Our guy Howard Balzer cranking out articles on the reg. He's got an article right now on Monty Austin for the breakdown of his first NFL draft as a GM. Uh, use that promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. Become a diehard at gophnx.com, free hat, free t-shirt, if you opt in and become a diehard every single year, you're a diehard. Do we have the rookie numbers yet, Bo Brock? Everybody's talking about rookie numbers. I haven't seen anything. I think we know that Paris Johnson Jr. is going to wear 70, I believe. Mm. You buying that uh, in the New Jersey? I, ha I haven't seen anything so far. <laughs> um, Sometimes they'll put out just kind of the New Jersey numbers, but like, Ujolari could probably wear his college number. He had 18 and 18. AJ Green retired. It'd be pretty dope. Garrett yeah. Williams, I don't think eight's retired, basically. Larry Wilson, nobody's yep. going to wear eight. Uh, so he'll probably have to get a new digit. Michael Wilson's four. So Rondell Moore wears four. John Gaines was 57. Clayton Toon's three. That's Buddha's number. He needs a new number. Papo was zero. That belongs to Zach Pascal. Still, so yeah, we don't have anything. They're all going to need new numbers, basically. This is not a very uniform aesthetic number type of class, right? No, you know, elite quarterback prospect, no running back, no big time receiver prospect. If, if Ojulari gets 18, that's a nice jersey. 
That's a sweet one. Yeah, he's got to prove it though. He's got to prove it. It's fun, you know. Sports. You should have heard Nick Rollis talk about BJ. What did he say? I mean, basically, he does it all as far as everything you want from a pass rusher. He said that he's legit against getting after the quarterback, and he's a monster against the run. And when you think that he's put it like he, if if he's rushing the passer and and they maybe go to run, he's prepared for it. He's got the length as far as arm length that you want. He's got the bend that you want. Uh, you, you can go to my Twitter or you can go to PHNX underscore Cardinals and Nick Rollis is just Gannon joke with Rollis after he broke him down for about three minutes and said, hey, "Don't it's not like you're setting the bar high for the kid at all. Just kind of being sarcastic. Uh, but he broke down Garrett Williams game and, and, uh, and, and BJ Ujolari's game and it gets you excited. I mean, it's the more just, you, yeah, the more you read about BJ, the more that he, consensus within draft analysts is he should have been taken in the first round. Like a lot of those kind of second tier pass rushers that went in the twenties in the early thirties, KC took one. It's like, did they make a mistake? Not taking BJ. We're going to find out because I, again, as much as I, I like the kid from Kansas state and there were a couple defensive linemen scattered throughout the twenties. It's yeah. you get a kid that played big time football in the sec. LSU was really good last year. They came on right. late with Brian Kelly. They had the, unfortunate you know loss in week one and were very viable throughout the course of the year i know their defense was spotty as a unit but you go back and look at his tape i mean it's it's elite it warrants a top 50 pick absolutely um yeah it'll be interesting to watch this group we've got some more insight undrafted free agents bo you've got that on your twitter the breakdown yeah right so it was interesting when they asked about the undrafted free agents uh and, and kind of it was an open-ended question like who, yeah. who stood out and i thought they were going to say jacob slade uh the the big old defensive lineman some beef from michigan yeah. state producer emma big fan of that signing uh but he got a lot of guaranteed money two hundred thousand dollars which is it was yeah. a ton uh for in a signing bonus i think uh between like 30 and forty thousand dollars which is a lot for somebody who wasn't drafted so you think that they would mention him first, but what Rollis said out of the jump was he's a big uh, Soleil fan. He he likes the kid coming out of Arizona State and huh. and getting his kind of work him out and work with him uh, in a private workout before the draft, and then for him to come in and and get to kind of stick around in in the Cardinals' backyard in Tempe and try to pursue a professional career. I, I was interested that he brought him up because I was kind of brushing that off like. You hear you hear our PHNX Sun Devils crew talk about how legit he was and what what he as far as he's Captain America and he does everything yeah. right. And then you you ask you know what does he do on the football field that's great and yeah. they really can't pin it down. So it's like so is is he just an elite? Not even elite. Like I think he was like second team All Conference. Yeah, according to our guy Anthony Totry. So you know how's it going to trans? Will it translate to the NFL? Mm. I, I'm not so sure, but I was shocked yeah, that always, that was one of the guys he brought up. And we always are a little bit skeptical when it's the local product getting all the pub. It's like, shit, man. We saw Eno Benjamin produce right. for this team, and he was gone in a week, right? He's he Eno like 2.0. If he, right. He, if, he was if, but if he can slide to the practice squad, get a year, maybe learn the ropes a little bit. I mean, what do you we've think seen undrafted well? guys. I mean, it's not... TJ Edwards coming out of Wisconsin. It's that's that's a little unfair to put that yeah. expectation. But uh, I see Hashir saying Kyle, Kyle Soleil is versatile as fuck. That's good. That's I, I think that's a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially oh, when yeah. you look at what they look for in linebackers in this with this team. Uh, Soleil yeah. 
if he can if he can up it with the athleticism at the next level, sure. Well, and here's his benefit is he's he's played just like a bunch of these other guys, a ton of college football. Hasn't he been in Arizona State for like five years? He was there forever, I feel like. And you know, who's the who is this the linebacker from Arizona the Cardinals took uh as oh, an Scooby Wright? Was it Scooby Wright? That well, they didn't draft the Browns yeah, drafted Scooby drafted Wright and him. he fizzled out immediately, and then, and then they the picked Cardinals him up. Got him. Scooby yeah. Wright was a top ten darling uh, before that season, and then he then he became undrafted darling. Before, se- was, was he a seventh round, round, seventh round was... pick? I can't remember. If he was undrafted. Like that's what it makes me think of. With all due respect to this kid, it's like is this another Scooby Wright? Scooby Wright had like hundred ninety tackles. He was he unbelievable. Was, he was an absolute monster. He, His, he was like sophomore year, and then you're right, junior year comes and. Not as not as big a year, no. But Sorry, he won Cowboys. the Pat Tillman Pac-12 Defensive Play of the Year, and then next thing you know, he's in and out of the league. I tell I you think what, he might be still hanging on in like the USFL or XFL. Good for him, man. I no. trust Gannon and Rollis with linebackers like that. Rollis knows linebackers. He's smart as hell. That was the most he, uninspiring. Good for him, man. That was like, are you effing serious? Kind of Scooby, Scooby Ray would just beat my ass if he saw me. He's an enormous human. Being. I'll, I'll never forget looking at mock drafts that year, and I'm like, "What's this kid from Arizona? They got a kid going top ten, and then the season started. I'm like, "Oh, this is even and out real quick. He's slowly, he's he's slowly falling down the ranks. But best of luck to Scooby Wright and and this kid out of Arizona State. Listen, I hope he does well. I think that's a good story. But let's not let's cool it with like I've seen like Pat Tillman 2.0 kind of like don't do that. Please don't do that, people. Let this kid just be his own kid and carve out his own niche. And uh, I'm sure Pat Tillman would like that. Here's what I do like, though. Diamondbacks takeover. You guys ready for this? I think it's manana. Hello, takeover. I'm sorry, May 11th at <laughs> 640. By manana, I meant May 11th at 640. Nine days. Nine days from now, Arizona taking on the San Francisco Giants. $32 if you're a diehard, by the way. $40 full price. Get a ticket to the game. Meetup, pre-meetup at Four Peaks. This sounds fantastic. Uh, the draft room at Chase Field, uh, having a great time. Again, you get a ticket to the game. You get a pre-game meetup at Four Peaks in the draft room at Chase Field for a big-time divisional matchup. Giants aren't very good. Diamondbacks, way ahead of schedule. You love to see it. You love to see it with our guys, Jesse and Derek. PHNX Diamondbacks podcast. One of many, I would you see Derek's imagine. purple hair? I saw he was getting his hair done, and then but I didn't know he was going full blown purple. Do we have a picture of it? I don't know. We, it's actually going to be live on the show. Okay. Yeah. So we haven't, we haven't revealed it to the public yet. It's known that he's, that he got it done today, but hmm. if you want to tune in, the diamondbacks are doing a post game. So that's big time. That is, it, it happened. It The fact that they got to the number that Derek put out there that he thought he was probably going to be safe from. And I've seen it. Is it purple, purple? It's or is it like purple highlights? I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Oh, it's 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 purple. something. It's, oh yeah, it's purple. <laughs> check, check. What times Diamondbacks go live? Uh, give it like two, three hours. Yeah. Okay. So when, when, so whenever go. the game, whenever the game's over, they'll go post, and your eyes, you're gonna be wowed. So go go get Circle K. Go get your snacks. <laughs> Check out Diamondbacks and then check out PHNX Diamondbacks. In the meantime, like and subscribe for this podcast. Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable, we're off tomorrow. We get a day off. Look at that. We're back on Barring Thursday. any breaking news. Yeah, oh, Jesus, don't say that. <laughs> Come on now. 
We love you all coming off a huge month. That's because of all of you. Take care. Have a good night, everybody.